If you've been on social media the past few weeks, then you've heard about the case of the young man killed by police. Sadly, the news and other outlets didn't give much info about the 2019 case, nor much about who he was before his death. This shocking and crazy case that caught waves on social media recently is the case of young Australian Kobe Huddy. In May of 2019, Kobe was a young 20-year-old that was shot in the chest and killed by Officer Sergeant Meade. This incident rocked the Adelaide area. Not because of the strict laws on police officers' use of force, gun usage, and gun ownership within the country of Australia, but because of the now-released audio recordings from the ridiculous nurse volunteering for the mental health triage line, whom, may I add, was ill-equipped to answer calls from individuals in Australia that were in mental health crises or just looking for advice and help. But before we go on, hey y'all, I'm Jay, and you're about to listen to a short segment of It Girl in Crime, Murder, and Mystery. Currently, I'm going over a two-part case that's available on most streaming platforms. Just type in It Girl in Crime, Murder, and Mystery exactly as you see it here. Now, back to Kobe Huddy and what led to his death. Kobe, born Kobe Michael David Huddy, was born February 11th, 1999 in the city of Adelaide, South Australia. There's not much info about Kobe's childhood or early teenage years. And instead of bothering his family and loved ones for personal details that maybe they don't want public, I'll go off of what I've seen on his socials. From what I found, he was a big soccer fan and played on local teams while in school. He, like millions of others, was a huge fan of the golden boy of soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo. As a young preteen, he even got a picture with ex-pro soccer player Geronimo Morales Newman. Some of his liked movies that I noticed on social media were How High, Jackass, Bad Boys, and Saw. He liked artists such as Ariana Grande, Tyler the Creator, and was a huge Aesop Rocky fan. He was a normal teen that enjoyed comedic entertainment, memes, games, and of course, soccer was life. Kobe as a child was able to travel a little, such as going to Fiji at the age of seven, Phuket at eight, and of course, the number one Aussie destination of Bali at 10. Lastly, Kobe went to Craigmore High School as a growing teen, and I found no more information past that. After posting these life events as a child, nothing else comes up about him traveling in any of his posts. When looking through his socials, I noticed he wasn't big on posting pics or any updates of his life online for the world to see, which isn't abnormal for a lot of people. Now, the officer. Sergeant Darren Mead, who killed Kobe Huddy, has a straightforward background, even though he lacks social media. But this is what I found. Born September 29th, 1973, Darren Scott Mead went to Pembroke High School starting at the age of nine years old and graduated at 17. Still at the age of 17, Darren worked as air surveillance for the Royal Australian Air Force, where he worked in different positions in the Air Force for about 10 years. After that, he transferred into a multitude of different careers in similar fields like military police and as a counter-terrorist response officer. 
Around this time, he started his career in the South Australian Police Force. If you can view the screen, you'll be able to see the ranking for the police in the state of South Australia and how high up he actually was when the shooting happened. At the time, he had about 15 years of experience in policing, eight years in CIB, and internal investigations. To add to his long career, Sergeant Darren Mead was also elected to be on the Committee of Management of the Police Association of South Australia. Now, the reason I brought up both the victim Kobe and Sergeant Darren Mead's backgrounds is because it's important information that led them to crossing paths on that faithful day of May 25th, 2019. It's not said exactly when the victim Kobe Huddy started to self-harm and have mental health issues, but it's implied in multiple articles that it was an ongoing issue for him. In one article, it said that Kobe had just lost his job and was heavily drinking the night before. And he had a series of self-harming episodes before his death. He was just released from the hospital hours prior to calling the mental health triage line. The reason he called the line is because the doctor at the hospital told him that if he ever had thoughts of hurting himself, that he should call. But when he called, Kobe had allegedly already inflicted self-harm and was dripping blood. He rang the line very early in the morning and told them not that he had just inflicted self-harm, but that he was only thinking about it. Side note, Kobe Huddy did the right thing with contacting the mental health triage line like his doctor advised, but the problem lies with the lifeline itself. The volunteers and staff lack training, knowledge, and also empathy. If you look up any news coverage of this case, the comment sections are filled with testimonials of people that receive the same lack of compassion and resources as Kobe. If you didn't know, the leading cause of death of young people in Australia is suicide and mental health instability. With the rising cases of self-harming individuals and the increasing number of people battling mental health illnesses, the lack of support for these vulnerable people is being felt and in the worst ways possible. That lack of support being a lifeline for the people in Australia. Lifeline was meant to hopefully help the at-risk people and was supposed to give them support and resources for help. With the lack of funding and poorly trained staff that could not handle the volunteer opportunity to help, we can see how and why the recorded nurse was on schedule to help. The reason the death of Kobe Huddy happened in 2019, but is now being reported by so many outlets four years later in 2023, is because of the coroner's inquest. An inquest is a court hearing held by a coroner as a way of gathering information about the cause and circumstances of a death or a group of related deaths. Inquests are not trials, they do not involve a jury, and usually they are not focused on questions of guilty or liability. Basically, the coroner would decide if the shooting death of 20-year-old Kobe Huddy was preventable. Another reason the inquest was needed is because coroner Ian White heard Kobe had been struggling with his mental health and had made several calls for help to mental health services and a counselor. 
the findings, specifically the recording from the Lifeline conversation of Kobe and a nurse were released four years after his death, probably because of the 2020 pandemic and the backed up court systems and workloads of government workers. Listening to the recordings of the conversation between the nurse that was supposed to help was in my opinion, horrendous. I will play a small portion of Kobe and the nurse's conversation just so you can hear how uninterested, unempathetic, and unprofessional the nurse was. I'm dripping a little bit of blood right now, but not too much, but okay, so how did you... I stop from doing that? Stop from doing what, Kobe? Yeah, I already cut myself tonight. I'm just asking, like, how do I stop from trying to cut myself more? I don't know. You just have to stop. Just give me some advice over the phone or anything. Like what? The nurse replying, I don't know, in response to him asking her how he could stop self-harming. Huh? Like, you've got to be kidding. Someone is having a mental health crisis. They get a hold of the appropriate services, and instead of receiving help, they are patronized. And now, Kobe is probably made to feel like a nuisance for calling. The nurse then asked him what purpose the call was for, with Kobe desperately pleading for help. She then explained some fairly simple strategies like delaying the decision to self-harm. And that quote, when you have the thought, don't go further. Just tell yourself, well, I'm not going to do anything for the next five minutes. And you keep extending the delay until eventually you get a full day. And then sometimes you might get to a whole year." End quote. Kobe was told about his options once again. However, he sounded reluctant to go back to the hospital and asked if there was any other advice that the nurse could provide. And she replied, advice, there's nothing. It's just nonsense to think the mental health triage could do that. So I'm sending an ambulance. Now I don't know the law, but is the nurse able to lose her license even though she was volunteering? Is that a possibility? If you have the answer to that, please DM me and let me know. Now what I played isn't even the worst part. Honestly, the recording is about nine minutes long and some of the stuff she says so nonchalantly to a mentally unstable person is criminal. So with hearing all of this from that horrible nurse, do we see maybe why he would have been pushed over the edge? He was having an episode while talking to the nurse that didn't have the resources to help and then she wanted to throw him in a hospital without proper explanation? I would have gone overboard too. Allegedly, Kobe may have felt worse during this mental health crisis. But after the phone call, Kobe dialed emergency services and informed them that he had a gun and was going to shoot officers. Now, can we without a doubt say that Kobe calling emergency services and telling them that he was going to shoot police was wrong? Yes, but we are in clear states of mind here. I can't put myself in his shoes because I don't have experience with what was going on in his head, but I do know that if he had proper help to resolving his crises with Lifeline, he wouldn't have taken it there. My personal opinion is that this situation and his death was completely avoidable. 
we need options A, B, and C for people with mental health crises because if option A falls through, then there is B and C before it gets to extreme measures. The tone of the two phone calls between him talking to the nurse and then emergency services line, which were both heard in court, were completely different despite being minutes apart. Both calls were released publicly by WD Coroner Ian White, with the nurse on the other end of the first call given the opportunity to be a part of the inquest into the incident without being named. Of course she decided not to be named because she knows she did a piss poor job on Lifeline. My opinion is the state should have released a statement letting us know if the nurse's license was on the line or something because no consequences with just the short footage we heard is some BS. Now back to the case. A lone officer, presumably Sergeant Darren Mead, was instructed to drive past Kobe's residence where there they saw a car leaving and therefore pulled it over. Kobe was in the passenger seat before leaving the vehicle with a 30 centimeter, 12 inch, one foot kitchen knife. With his gun drawn, Sergeant Meade walked away from Kobe, backing up some 30 meters while radioing in for assistance. Side note, I know some people not living in Australia are wondering why some police officers only are able to carry tasers and why Sergeant Meade was able to carry a gun on duty. Well, firstly, depending on each state, there are not many licensed trainers for guns and batons, which are both considered deadly forced weapons and unnecessary. In order for police to get training on those deadly force weapons, it has to be approved by the state's government. The police officers in that area also have to have a budget for those weapons and training. And lastly, the training business has to agree to train them and have reason to believe it necessary to train police on batons and guns. Most of the time in Australia, force with a deadly weapon is rare and mostly believed not to be needed. But on the other hand, tasers are medium force weapons that does not kill in most circumstances and the training is easier and less taxing on the police's budget. That is why a big portion of the police officers in Australia solely use tasers as deterrents for civilians. Now back to the story. The police radio transmission recordings show Sergeant Meade yelling, he's got a knife, I need help guys. He can also be heard yelling, put it down, put it down. Sergeant Meade continued to walk backwards knowing other officers were on their way. He was waiting for other officers to arrive with a taser. Sergeant Meade saw at the corner of his eye the patrol car turning up, but at that time, Kobe appeared to take two or three quick steps. Sergeant Meade said he felt an imminent danger and discharged a single shot into the 20-year-old's chest. Then Kobe fell to the ground where he was searched and told the first officer that approached that he was sorry. Sadly, two hours after the incident, Kobe Michael David Huddy died in the hospital. A lawyer for Kobe's family told the court that they hold no animosity toward the police, but, and I quote, they've since wondered countless times whether it was really necessary to shoot Kobe, end quote. 
The court heard the family had many questions relating to Kobe's interactions with mental health services and why Sergeant Meade fired the gun when he did instead of waiting a few extra minutes for police officers with tasers to arrive. The inquest is currently in progress at the date of this upload. Sadly, the officer, Sergeant Darren Scott Meade, passed away this year on April 20th, 2023. It's not said how he died, but that he died peacefully surrounded by loved ones. Sergeant Meade took protocol as we heard and was alone without the officers with the tasers to back him up. I'm sure after the incident and learning of Kobe's death, it had to have affected Sergeant Meade. With all of his police experience, over 19 by the time he passed, I do hope he understood that he couldn't have predicted killing someone. Kobe was a young man with struggles and inner demons that affected how he viewed the world due to his mental health. He was loved by his mother, Belle, and the whole Huddy family. I hope they find peace because I believe Kobe is now in a more peaceful state of being. Thank you for watching and subscribing to my new exclusive Spotify content. I hope you enjoyed this first episode and there's more to come. You have tuned into It Girl and Crime, Murder and Mystery. See y'all next episode.